You're listening to the Remax Hustle Podcast, brought to you by Remax of Western Canada. Well, welcome to the Remax Hustle Podcast. My name is Wade Patterson. I'm a franchise coordinator with Remax of Western Canada, and I am your host for this audio experience. The Remax Hustle Podcast is all about providing you with value by leveraging the knowledge and expertise of our Remax network. But on this special episode, I'm joined by Sean Canungo, an entrepreneur, disruption strategist, and keynote speaker. Sean has been recognized globally for his work in the innovation space after 12 years working at Deloitte. He is a practitioner who has worked hand-to-hand with hundreds of organizations on their journey to digital transformation. He has adopted the concepts of voice technology behavioral economics, user-centered design, crowdsourcing, and artificial intelligence to help create world-class client experiences. Sean, welcome to the Remax Hustle podcast. Wade, I'm so excited to be on the podcast for a number of different reasons. Number one is that I am, I don't know how many people listen to every single episode of this podcast, but I have listened to every single episode of the podcast. So um, first, I'm an avid fan, big listener, and really excited to be on the pod. And second of all, I think that I am the only one outside of the formal Remax of West, you know, Remax network. You know, I'm not a Remax. I'm not affiliated to Remax in any sort of way to be on the pod. Is that right? That's absolutely correct. And a little bit of background for our listeners. So you are the first guest who isn't actually a Remax affiliate. We actually met in June of this year at the Broker Owner and Manager Retreat in Kelowna. You were our keynote speaker. By the way, all the brokers and managers who attended that said it was an absolutely great session. They got a lot of value from it. So before we jump into the questions, I just want to say a sincere thank you for agreeing to do this and be on the podcast. Well, thank you. And by the way, before we get too far, I just want to say to everybody who's listening, whether you're working somewhere, you're on the road, you're you know you're 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 mowing the lawn, it would really help. Uh, it would really help wait out if you subscribe to the Remax Hustle podcast wherever you are, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever like, you know, whatever it might be. Put a rating review for the guy. Don't wait till the end of doing it. Do it now. Stop what you're doing. Do it now. It's gonna help him a lot because this podcast is awesome, and you can hear the audio quality like my quality may not be as good as because we're doing this remotely but all the audio quality quality is unbelievable and that's why i kept on listening so subscribe and rate and review thanks so much for that shout out john <laughs> appreciate it so in the bio i mentioned you are a disruption strategist what exactly does that mean yeah so a disruption strategist is basically somebody who walks into an organization and works with an organization and tries to take them out of business before somebody else does. You know, I, I spent uh, 12 years at Deloitte, uh, mainly on the sort of digital and innovation side, helping organizations uh, with innovation. And that's essentially what we would help them do is really uh, figure out um, how do we uh, fundamentally change what they're doing, whether it's from a customer or citizen experience standpoint or business model ex- uh, standpoint, and really flip the status quo of um, uh, how they think about and how they run their operations today. And so that's what really a disruption strategy is. And it's it's supposed to be somebody who is um, really shaking things up. One of my favorite things that you said during that session at the Broker Owner Retreat was one of the most dangerous things any company or individual can say is that's the way we've always done things. Why is it dangerous, in your opinion, to have nostalgia about business models and systems that may have worked in the past? 
the, the reason why it's dangerous is because I, I believe today more than any other time period is that things have really flipped today. Things are very different from uh, the past and the way that we run and operate um, our businesses, not only from a broker standpoint, uh, broker owner standpoint, but just from an industry standpoint has really changed. Like digital has really flipped everything. And many organizations and many individuals have run their op- op- operations for 30, 40, 50 years, not changing anything. And today things have really flipped around. And um, this is why we need a completely new mindset of how we operate our businesses. Um, and so, y- you know, this is why I think we can't get really nostalgic about what's happening in the past. And if we look at every single um, innovation that has occurred over the last 10 years, the, the, the people that have won in the space have really flipped the status quo. They have uh, turned industries um, on its head. And I, I really think that if we want to sort of survive in this real estate game, uh, we really need to take that uh, same mindset. So keeping in mind that the audience mostly is Remax agents, brokers, and managers, what kinds of suggestions do you see for this sphere, the real estate industry, for them to start staying relevant and add value in an era of disruption? The beauty about real estate is that it is literally in the center of every single industry. You know, I have a good uh, opportunity of looking at what's happening across every industry, whether it's in manufacturing or whether it's in uh, agriculture or energy. And literally at the middle of all of it is 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 real estate because it is how we live and it's uh, and it's where we go to sleep at night and where we spend time with our families. And that is the center of, of everything. And so I think if you are um, a in the real estate world, whether you're on any side any side of the value chain in the real estate world, you have to be a savant. You have to be understanding what's happening at a macro level. Like what are those big disruptors that are impacting every single industry? And I think that's how you stay relevant. Because if you don't know what's happening across the energy landscape or the uh, car landscape, you're gonna you're gonna slowly be irrelevant to your end customer because you're not gonna be getting what's happening at a macro level. And I really think that's um, uh, so important, uh, especially for your audience that's listening right now. Yeah, that's a, some really good points there. Really interesting perspective. And it's funny when we talk about disruption, I think a lot of people maybe get the fear mindset and they talk about certain jobs that are maybe gonna be lost due to technology. But I've heard you explain it a little differently that it's more of an evolution and that there will be jobs of the future that maybe didn't exist in the past. Do you have a few examples of how that has come about? The question that all everyone asks when there is new technology is that what is it going to do to the existing uh, jobs? Like what is going to happen to, um, you know, all the jobs that are, you know, in this era today? And what we have seen throughout history is that most jobs evolve. Most jobs um, not only evolve, but new jobs and new industries are created. You know, if I look at the last 10 years, uh, you know, some of the jobs that have been created, the, you know, VR, AR, uh, uh, you know, developer, a mobile app developer, a voice interface designer, um, an e-cloud architect, a, uh, you know, e-sports, uh, e-cloud, uh, e-sports athlete, um, um, you know, all these jobs have been created over the last 10 to 15 years that didn't exist uh, 15 years ago that we never even would have predicted that are relevant today. So um, I, 
I think this is an exciting thing. Like this d- disruption to me is about opportunity. And uh, for somebody who has two kids, um, I just had my second. He's about four months old now. Um, you know, sometimes I get worried about this idea of like, what are they going to do in the future? Because all this this whole idea of careers and jobs are changing so quickly. But then. You know, I remind myself that every single job evolves, every career and industry evolves, and there's new industries that are created. Um, And so for those who are listening at home, and maybe you've been around, um, you know, the real estate uh, game for a a while now, it's like, how do we start not only evolving the jobs that we have today, but how do we start to create uh, new jobs and new industries uh, for ourselves? And so, listen, I'm an optimist. Uh, when it comes to technology and disruption, um, you know, some people, there is a little bit of fear around it. Listen, some jobs do get eliminated, but most of those jobs probably should be eliminated because they're redundant, they're, um, they're, they're, uh, they're manual, um, and, and I think those jobs should also evolve. You know, a lot of people, for example, waited, are talking about artificial intelligence and, you know, how that's going to take jobs away. Um, and in, in, my, in my experience, in my perspective, um, a lot of the jobs that will be eliminated in the artificial intelligence era should be eliminated because uh, they, are, they require manual and redundant tasks um, that human beings should not be doing. I believe that human be- beings should be doing things that are more creative and they require imagination, intuition, and improvisation. Um, so that's exciting. That's what human beings should be doing, and, and we're going to see way more jobs um, that are uh, related to that. I, I want to get your take on it, though, Wade. Like, what, like, in your perspective on the whole jobs and technology front, like, are you more of an optimist or are you more of like kind of a pessimist? Well, uh, I think if I asked the 16-year-old who just won the Fortnite World Cup and took $3 million, uh, yeah, it's definitely not only opportunities, but lucrative opportunities. No, I, I see it a similar way as well in that keeping it on the topic of, of real estate, agents, at one point, they were the gatekeeper of said information, and they had all of this data, and that was kind of one of their big value propositions. And I think there was a resistance once you know that was being opened up and then all of a sudden people could search all of the listings on various websites that there was a fear then of well what about our profession this is taking jobs away from us but really quickly the good agents realized that no it's it's interpreting that information it's negotiating on a buyer or seller's behalf and finding creative ways to solidify their job really or solidify their importance. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. Well, well let, me, let, let me piggyback on that because you know a lot of people were predicting um, 15, 20 years ago that the real estate agent, the real estate professional would be eliminated. And the, the, the thing is is that unlike taking a taxi, unlike renting a room, buying and selling a home is still a very, very complicated process. It is an emotional moment that people probably do like two or three times in their lifetime. And so it's not an easy transaction. And I think this is where a uh, real estate professional uh, really can add value is not acting as you know, somebody who's coming in to help out with that transaction, but somebody who is more like a coach, um, like a, a therapist, uh, really helping them out on the most difficult, the most um, important uh, transaction of their lives. And um, this is why I think it's going to be so exciting for real estate. This is why I think the real estate professional, the job of a real estate professional will never 
go away because you will always need help with this particular transaction. It's too complicated to be uh, replaced by technology. It, 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 it's, it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen uh, in, in my opinion, it's not gonna happen. Exactly, and I think a lot of the listeners will 100% agree with what you're saying there. Uh, it, a lot of agents are being told when it comes to marketing especially, that they should be doing more and more on social media, more and more video content. And I think it's a really good point, but some of the complaints I hear around that is the time that it takes to do that, as well as the learning curve. Now, one of the things you mentioned at our broker owner retreat, that there may be an opportunity in leveraging some of the things out there online, freelance services such as Fiverr and Upwork. Is that something you've experienced or you've seen people leveraging, you know, other people who are very talented in those areas that may be remote from where that person lives, but there's an opportunity to hire them on on a contract basis? You know, I, I love that you bring this up because, um, you know, there's there's so many ways that we can innovate or disrupt our business. Number one is, um, you know, taking a look at what's happening in a macro level, really from a business model perspective. And then now we're talking about more tactical things like how do we how do we help from a marketing standpoint? And I believe today that the the individual um, has more access to tools and technologies and talent than ever before. Um, you know, for myself, for example, I use sites like Fiverr, an entire marketplace where you can get sucked down for $5 all the time. Use the sites like Upwork where you can get any freelancer on the planet to get something done at a radically cheaper cost um, uh, from design to translation to transcription to whatever it might be. Um, design work, you know, 99 designs, you put up a design project, hundreds of people get paid. And there's, you know, the, the punchline is, is that today, there are so many brilliant and talented people all around the world, not just in your backyard, that are literally waiting for, for to help you with your business uh, when it comes to anything, whether it's from, um, whether it's on a buy side, sell side, whether it's on the marketing side, um, there's whatever you need. Um, you know, you, you mentioned, for example, video and, and the cost of video. Um, you know, and, you know, I think today, uh, you know, and you're, you're seeing a lot, I mean, a lot of people on your podcast have really talked about the, um, you know, the, the, the advantage of using video and, the, and they've done it in novel ways. You know, today, obviously, you know, our cameras, our, our phones are getting so much better. They're becoming, um, you know, uh, you know, HD, 4K quality um, and you know, a lot of what I see, the lot of the, the, the pushback on, on video is really around the editing. They can shoot a video, whether it's on their, on their phone or, um, or whatnot, but they can't edit it. And you know, that's where you can get really amazing people around the world um, to get that stuff done. Just upload it, get somebody to say, Hey, I need something done. You know, what I would, my suggestion is go on Upwork, take the video that you shot, probably with, and get some good audio of it, put it up, get a, get a bunch of people from Upwork to edit the video in, in different ways and get three or four people, get them, pay them eight bucks an hour, which um, you, you can get some really great editors for that cost. Get a whole bunch of people to do it. Get four or five people to do it at once and see who works best with you. See who um, is uh, getting stuff on time and, and, and good quality. And then guess what? You're gonna find somebody that you really like working with and you can continue to work with that. I mean, not to get too tactical in the economics of a video, but you know, I do a lot of video. Video is a is so important to, to what I do from a business perspective and also 
uh, from a speaking perspective. And so I'm shooting video literally every week um, with a videographer. I don't shoot any of my stuff because I, I want my stuff to be really high quality. I get somebody, I get something done um, from a videographer. I pay, you know, 150 bucks an hour. Um, you know, that might sound crazy to some people, um, but to me, um, it's worth it get, getting a really good video, getting really good audio, but getting somebody else to do the editing. So yeah, so for example, I might spend, you know, 300, 400 bucks, um, uh, um, you know, on a video, on a social media piece of content every week. Um, and, 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 you know, some people might think that's crazy, but to get a really highly produced, good quality video and, and putting it up, I mean, it's going to be, it, 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 to, to me, it makes sense because the transaction fees on, on, on my business, it, it makes sense. I think it makes sense for real estate too. I mean, you, you're, you're talking about a big transaction and you know, people are looking for somebody who is of high quality. They're looking for somebody who is of, um, of value. And I think video, and showcasing a good quality video is so important. I mean, listen, it's important to me, but these are some of the economics around it. I'm getting into the tactical because I think that's what people really want. I, I, I think you could, everybody can make video work um, and, and, and can make it in their budget because I really think that um, it can really make a, a big impact uh, to, your, to your business. Interested in learning more about a career in real estate? Head over to joinremax.ca. That tactical advice is so beneficial because I think that's the thing. Sometimes people think, okay, it's all or nothing. I either have to hire a videographer to do everything, to shoot, to edit, whereas they might be very capable of shooting that video and having themselves in it's probably going to have a huge benefit. But then to your point, utilizing an editor for a slightly reduced cost uh, where they don't have the time to, to learn that or the, or the desire perhaps uh, to, to take on that learning curve because they're so busy taking on so many other important tasks during their day. Some great advice there for sure. Can I just like have my own, uh, you know, uh, like my slight beef with like uh, real estate video content? Like to, to me, it is, it is unbelievably boring. It is most of the real estate video content that I see, um, nobody could care about. Like they're, they're, they're like, hey, my name is this, and we're walking into a house, and it, it, it's just, honestly, it does not provide any value, and I think that um, the, the real estate agent that is top of mind is doing something that's different, that's providing value in different ways. I'm talking about maybe even, you know, you know the, what's changing in the real estate industry from a macro level. How does it connect with other industries? Um, you, know, you, you know, to me, it's, it, um, it, mo most of it is just, it, it's mediocre. And I would like to see a, a real estate agent that really does it in a different way, that's engaging, that appeals to, to most people. Because for me, listen, I, I'm probably gonna buy or sell a house like, like three times in my life. So I, I don't really care what's, what every house, the only time that I'm gonna really look at a house is when I'm in the moment of doing that. But if I really wanna sort of follow and really feel engaged with a particular real estate agent, they're gonna provide way more than that. And so I, I think there's a different angle that people can take on it. And um, I, I just think that it, uh, it can be done in such a different, different way. I think that's a good challenge to a lot of our agents out there. And we've seen a couple of unique examples where agents will go on a 30 and 30 business tour where they start interviewing, you know, what's the best coffee shop in town? What's the best place to get a burger? That kind of thing. And they start actually creating content that's 
giving you a feel of what it's like to live in the neighborhood that's well done, well produced and, and interesting to watch. So it's a good challenge for the agents who are listening for sure. I, I want to shift gears a little bit here. I know that you're incredibly passionate about voice technology. How do you think that sphere is going to grow in the next few years? And maybe if there's some sort of idea or way you think agents or brokers listening might be able to leverage that or be early adopters into that space. You know, I think voice is, 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 um, is one of the most uh, uh, exciting technologies out there right now. Um, I, you know, many people in the audience, they may not have an Alexa or Google, but um, I'd say maybe half will right now, uh, maybe a little bit less. If I ask people last year, how many people would have it? Maybe they would say maybe 25%. Um, you know, voice to me is, is the next paradigm shift. And we are still in the first innings of, of voice. You know, if I look at how my daughter uses voice today, um, you know, she uses voice, she'll, she'll call out for Alexa and Google, but she's only three years old, but she's already asking Google to get stuff done for her. I mean, it's remarkable. If I look at my mother, you know, she's, she's, you know, almost 70. She, she's an like East Indian, like missed the internet revolution, missed the mobile revolution, but she's using, you know, voice um, as well. So you have two people from the, like literally the both spectrums that have no technology background, but are using voice. They know how to use it. There's, it's such a seamless technology. And if I think of the application of voice to real estate, um, again, I think we're still in the first innings of it. I mean, we're, in the first innings, I say, you know, when, when, when the t television started, people put the radio guys onto television. When the internet started, people put the newspapers, they copy pasted the newspapers on to the internet. And the same thing is happening with voice. We're putting the apps that we have and we're putting it onto onto voice, um, so so I really think that we're really at a uh, uh, the first innings of it. From a real estate perspective, um, the, the the use cases that I really like are the use cases that people would use every single day, um, um, and and get updates on. So there, so with some of the, for example, with Alexa, you can build a skill where you can update um, the skill up, uh, all the time and get information. So from a real estate perspective. If you have a number of clients that are looking for, um, uh, you know, looking for updates on the market and they're sort of in the hunt right now, um, you know, that's something that you can do a daily skill on, basically a daily show on Alexa and somebody can say, hey, Alexa, uh, you know, pull up Wade's, Wade's feed and, you know, you could tell them about their, their, not only the market, but what's happening with their specific finds. Uh, or their specific houses. I, th I think that's one way of developing content, content in a non, in a passive way that people can sort of have access to that requires zero technology. Um, just having a, a device um, in their home. So just getting updated on what's happening um, with their market. Um, if somebody is building a home, I think uh, you know if you're on the construction standpoint, getting an update of what's happening around the home. Um, I think, I think. What you're going to see down the line is um, is if we can if people are looking for houses and we can start to track um, you know why they like this particular kitchen versus not and we can start to learn that information uh, and and understand people's interests and why they like certain things versus not then we can, this is like later innings this is where we can start to optimize their interests and their tastes. So then now we can show them um, homes that are more curated to their taste. 
I think that's where it's really going to go. And I personally, I don't think it's just voice. I think it's visuals plus voice. So with many of the devices, for example, Amazon has the Echo Show where you can see not only access it through voice, but you can also see it through a screen. I really think that's the it's the multimodal transaction that uh, that will really win in the future. So, for example, if you want to see um, um, uh, new houses through your voice device, um, you can say, hey, Alexa, pull up, uh, you know, the three house houses that are sort of curated to my taste and you can sort of walk through them through your voice devices. I mean, this is what we're starting to think about. And if you're a real, if you're a real estate professional today, number one, it's starting to experiment with it. You don't want to be waiting till the ninth inning when everybody is already on this. It's starting to experiment it. And the first way to start to dip your toes into voice is to create a skill where you're working with one client and say, hey, Listen, I'd love to update you on what's happening um, with your real estate search um, and, and, and creating unique content around it. And here's an Amazon Alexa, like just literally buy it for them and say, just create a unique skill that they can ask um, for it. It doesn't cost a lot of money um, and it's a quick way to experiment. And, I, and I'm a big believer on, on being first to experiment with new technologies because it's, you're, you're gonna learn so much and you're gonna iterate from it. Very cool. Yeah, there's this idea that when you're early, when you're an early adopter, one of the first to experiment with something, often the work to get it done or figuring it out is a little more challenging, but that's part of the reward that by the time it's really easy to do, it's almost too late, too many people are doing it and that type of thing. So I think it's a good point. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you look at most people that started on any social platform um, early, I mean, they, whether it's YouTube or Instagram or, you know, whatever technology it was, maybe they just started using it. They had no idea what they were doing, but because they were on it, they start to learn how people were using it. They learned they were able to build an audience, whatever it might be. And I always think that it's good to experiment early into some of these things uh, just so that you can um, get get your foot in the door. And, and it's also good marketing. It showcases that you're a, 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 a next generation professional. Gary Vaynerchuk has a, a quote that's something along the lines of, as the world goes more Jetsons, people who act like the Flintstones will win. Is that something you agree with? <laughs> it's, that's an interesting quote. I never, I don't think I've heard of it um, before. I, I, I believe that um, relationships and trust are still very important. And in the, Flintsto- in the Flintstones world, um, I think that is what was the most important piece around trust and relationships. And it's funny because if we look at technology today, um, you know, we are we are almost isolating ourselves because of technology. You know, we can Uber eats our food. We can Netflix our, all our movies and TV shows. We can Amazon all our goods. You know, God forbid somebody knocks on our door. Um, I think in this world where we are isolating ourselves because of technology, I think the people that 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 have the ability to gain trust um, and 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 um, have positive relationships will be the one that will win in the future. The ones that can be creative and imaginative. So, um, so, so if, is that a Flintstones era uh, trait? Maybe, but I think that those are some of the old school traits that will that people need to double down on in the future. I think they're more important. Um, the reason why I don't completely agree with that is because in some aspects, um, the people that are always thinking about new technologies, um, are, are the ones that never get nostalgic. And I feel like sometimes if you're in the Flintstones era, you will get nostalgic about, um, about new technologies. So I, I would say, 
Always have a Jets, uh, a Jetsons mindset with a Flintstones trust and relationships, I'd say. I love that. You combine the two. That's there perfect. You go. I think that's a great. It was a bad, it was a bad combination, but I did it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it works. All right, Sean, last question for you. Since it is the Remax Hustle podcast, we like to end every episode with a hustle tip. So what is your Remax Hustle tip, even though you're a non-Remaxer, what's your Remax Hustle tip for accomplishing a task when you need to get something done? Yeah, so my Remax um, Hustle tip and... Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really honored and humbled to be on this podcast because I have a lot of respect uh, for for the big balloon. Um, I, you know, I think they have done so much for for uh, families across the world. Um, you, you know, for me, it is really the fact that you can utilize this ecosystem around you, that you're not alone in your in your battle to get more clients, to increase your to your business. I mean, um, you can utilize the innovators, the ecosystems, the entrepreneurs, the tools and technologies around you. It's literally at your fingertips. And the ones that experiment quickly are the ones that will win in the future. And I really think that, um, um, you know, we need to start taking a look around and seeing what can we take and copy and remix from other industries, other tools and technologies and bring those into our ecosystem um, that would be my tip is, is to just is to experiment with some of those things. And you, I, I can't tell you, um, you know, how I've seen other people in other industries uh, do this. And they really exponentially have helped their their businesses and their and their own career trajectories. So that that's my uh, remix hustle tip. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Sean. I think this episode took a little bit of a, a, a different turn, of course, because we're usually with the, with Remax affiliates, but I think it's going to be a really special a- episode full of value for the listeners because everything that you were talking about is relatable to the industry. So thanks so much for taking the time to be on this episode of the podcast. Well, thank you again. Like I said, it, it, it's a huge honor. Um, you, you have been doing um, such an amazing job at curating all these amazing voices um, in the Remax community together, and there's been so many amazing tips that I've taken not as a not not being in real estate at all, but just um, just some of the tools and techniques that people have um, given throughout the podcast episodes, uh, just to help in life and in business in general. So, um, so again, really honored and humbled to be here. And 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 listen, you got to subscribe, rate, and review. Very <laughs> important. Um, uh, Wade's doing an amazing job. Thanks so much for those words, Sean. Well, that's all for this episode. We hope that you took away an idea or strategy to help grow your business and perhaps most importantly, allow you to continue that Remax hustle. We'll catch you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the Remax Hustle podcast. Please make sure to subscribe and rate this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from.